Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful today for the men and women, Lord, who paid the ultimate price. God, we're thankful that you, Lord, that you allowed them to fight for our freedom. Freedom was never free. Father, we pray for families and friends and those who are left behind dealing with the fallout and the pain of moms and dads and brothers and cousins and friends and sisters. God, we, we, just, we just pray right now for those who are dealing with the pain of loss. But Lord, thank you for um, the freedom that was purchased for us and the blood that was shed. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Thanks for letting us do that. I know that sometimes we get to a Memorial Day and, and we just kind of think, hey, three-day weekend. I mean, I want you to know, man, this it's no just three-day weekend. And some of you are dealing with the loss and the pain of something uh, that you, I don't have to explain it. You just know what I'm talking about. And to you, I just want to say I'm really glad you're here. And um, I'm sorry for your pain. But Jesus can give you hope. Amen. Awesome. Hey, my... Uh, my wife and I just uh, finished moving, which is great, you know, and, and in our new place, you know, when you get to a new place, you have to get all the stuff hooked up, right? Or it's already hooked up, but like into your name. And so Polly and I did that, you know, the utilities and all that stuff. And, and one of the things we had to get connected was our uh, cable, right? You know, and so like you, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but we got it hooked up so we get internet and all that. But let me tell you this, the cool thing about the, the, the cable that we got was like upgraded. It was awesome. They gave me a remote that all you have to do is talk at. It's from heaven. It's like Seahawks, bam! Seahawks show up. History Channel, bam! Right there. Hallmark Channel, bam! Yeah, I watch the Hallmark Channel. I'm telling you, it's amazing. But, but here's the funniest thing. The, the funniest thing is, like, that's not new technology. I just want you to know that. Some of you think it is new technology. It's not really new technology. It's been around for years. In fact, my dad had a version of it. It was crazy. He, all you had to do was speak, and the things would happen. It was crazy, right? His remote was called Lance, right? Lance, turn the channel, Lance. I was the remote. All you had to do was say it. How many of you were that? Come on, <laughs> look at all you. Anyone over 20, it's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Not only that, but we, uh, we didn't have HDTV back then. No, in fact, in fact, to get a signal that was really good, in fact, we didn't have a cable. Some of you didn't have cable, right? Some of you younger, they're like, oh, how'd you get TV, right? <laughs> we got TV. You know how we got a clear signal, was my dad would send one of us up on the roof, right, to turn the antenna, right? You get, you get a good signal, right, to, to make it happen. <laughs> Some of you are like, what's an antenna, right? Up on the roof, we had to turn it, right, and get a better signal. Here's the funny thing. The signal didn't change much, but it's the receiver of the signal that changed. Every now and again, my dad would be, you know, there, there were, my, my dad would say, listen, hold on to it longer, Lance. The show's almost over. You're making a good connection, Right? <laughs> We should have turned him in. But I'm telling you, like, the <laughs> problem is, is there would have been a lot of us turned in or whatever, you know, I mean, like, that, that idea. Well, we just kind of turned the thing in hopes that somehow we could get a better connection. There's all kinds of factors why there was a bad connection. Could have been weather, could have been, you know, some sort of a thing going on in the region or something. But so, there was always some reason why our connection was wacky. And you could never just set it and let it stay there because oftentimes it would just somehow move around. You know, I had this thought today about that whole idea of connecting with God. And I feel like some of us have the same thing going on with our relationship to God. The connection's a little fuzzy. The connection's a little unclear. <laughs> Maybe you even feel like the connection's like super blurry. 
And you're just trying to figure out how to, how to adjust it so you can, some of you don't really want to adjust it. Some of you are okay with it just being just fine like it is. You know, I believe that God wants us to have a clear connection with him. Now, here's the great thing. God's connection to us doesn't change. But our receiving of his connection is the process that needs to be fixed. This morning, we are in week three of our series, Take Note of This, where we've been talking about what it means to let Jesus be more than just a footnote in our life. At sometimes we, we kind of let Jesus be a footnote. We're like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bus driver or I'm a school teacher or I'm a lawyer or a doctor, whatever you got, man. You, I, I, I fix things, build houses, and then I'm also a Christian. You know, I, I wonder sometimes, like, why we don't say, I'm a Christian mechanic. I'm a Christian bus driver. I'm a Christian educator. I'm a Christian doctor. I'm a Christian whatever. Oftentimes it's because, you know, I can't really bring that into my public life, my professional world. And isn't that the craziest thing? Because the truth is you are a believer. You, you are a Christian pilot. You don't want to be a pilot that just happens to be a footnoted Christian. Sometimes we get it all backwards. But here's the crazy thing is that we're not the only ones that have done that. In fact, back in Colossae, that was going on all the time. The book of Colossians, if you have your Bibles, open it up to the book of Colossians. I'm finding the longer I preach... It's, you guys, I'm sure you're figuring me out by now, but the longer I preach in a book, <laughs> the harder it is to get past one chapter at a time. So I say we're going to preach through the book of Colossians, and all I do is get through like one or two chapters. And you're like, hey, look, what's the rest? <laughs> so I'm just telling you, there's so much. The Bible is so full. The book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. Paul writes this from a Roman prison cell as a, an answer to the big question from a pastor who was confused at how to get his church back to Jesus. His church had had a, well, well they'd kind of let Jesus be a footnote in their life. Jesus had become, you know, kind of part of their journey. They wanted Jesus for sure. In fact, they really wanted to look like Christians. They really wanted to act like super spiritual people. In fact, if you or I went to the Church of Colossae during that time, we would think, man, these guys are spiritual. Man, they talk it. They look like they walk it. These guys have had something spiritual going on. The problem with the Church of Colossae was is they were spending a whole lot of time trying to look it but not trying to live it. See, they wanted to have the religious activity they wanted to have the appearance of being super spiritual. They wanted to be able to say the right things and quote the right verses. But what they didn't have is, a, well, Jesus being the beginning, middle, and end of their life. Jesus wasn't the main story. Whatever it was they were doing was the main story, and Jesus was nothing more than a footnote. Paul writes in 61 AD a response to this question as to what Epaphras, the pastor, was trying to say. How do I get this figured out? And I love Paul's response. Paul, like I said before in the last couple of messages, and if you haven't heard them, go online, watch them, or listen to them. I'm telling you, I believe God's really got a word for us right now. And I think it's very similar to where it is we are in our culture today, where we really want to have Jesus as the main story, but quite frankly, we don't live it that way. And I believe with all my heart that God wants us to really put it into perspective, like Paul was saying to the church of Colossae. I love Paul's way that he communicated it. But Paul didn't say, hey, here's a list of to-dos and a list of to-don'ts in order to get yourself back with Jesus, right? I love, I love the fact that Paul just simply said, stop what you're doing and get to Jesus. Just stop it. In fact, Paul even goes on to say, you already know what to do, do it. You already know how to live it, live it. Even Paul even goes on and says, if you're serious about this, 
Paul's writing to a church and he says, if you're serious about this, why would Paul write that? Because they weren't. Sometimes I wonder if we're not serious about this. It just becomes something we do because it's what we've done. And it's because of, well, you know, I kind of don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but I don't know. I can tell you this right now. There's no kindas in Christianity. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> you might think you're kinda. But I promise you, there's an honor off, black, white. I'm telling you, it's not a kinda. And my question for you today is, are you just living it and looking like it? Or are you actually living it and really living it? Is Jesus the main storyline of your life? Or is he just the footnote that gets referenced? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this. So if you have your Bibles, open it up. I can say Colossians chapter 1. I mentioned this before, um, and I don't usually do this, but I'm, I'm reading out of the message translation of the Bible for this particular series, and I'm forcing myself to stay there. I mean, I, mean, I want to go use a bunch of different translations, and every now and again, it kind of creeps back in, the one I'm most comfortable with. But, but I, I want to do, I, I feel like the message translation is a paraphrased translation, a transliteration that, that's trying to tell us something really clear. And, and I want you to just pay attention to its verbiage. Sometimes you need to hear the passages of Scripture just a little different. Right? And I would challenge you, most of you have more than one translations of a bi- translation of a Bible. Try it out. Check it out. Listen. Read it. Do what you got to do because you'll see sometimes from a different perspective. So Paul writes here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, we look at this son, Jesus. We look at Jesus and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the son and we see God's original purpose in everything created for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. It was there before any of it came into existence. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. When it comes to the church, he organizes it and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning. Leading the resurrection parade, he'll be supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there towering far above everything, every, everyone. I love Paul. Just literally jumps in here and just says, guys, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus was always here. Jesus created it all. Jesus is all about Jesus, I'm telling you. And sometimes we're just kind of like, yeah, 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 it's cute and all. Jesus showed up at Easter or Christmas, and then we kind of celebrate resurrection as Easter. Jesus, you know, let's move on and talk about the Holy Spirit. And let's move on and talk about whatever we want to go out. Let me tell you this, it's about Jesus. Paul says, I mean, here, Paul doesn't even waste any words. He just simply says, guys, get back to Jesus. Get back to who he is. He is... He's the one who gives you purpose, not your career. He's the one who gives you the reason to get up out of bed and put your head, uh, get your head off the pillow. He's the reason. Sometimes we kind of tend to think that, yeah, you know, God, what's my purpose in life? Why'd you put me on the planet? I'll tell you this. He put you on the planet for him. He wants relationship with you. He wants you to be a Christian bus driver. He wants relationship. He wants you to be a Christian, whatever it is that you do. He wants you to, to be a godly influence in the world because he wants you to always be with him and him always to be with you. That's the intended plan all along. Instead of us kind of taking Jesus along with our world, and, you know, I can't really mention him here because, you know, it's my, it's my thing. Paul wanted you to address this issue, and he says, listen, guys, get back to Jesus. He's it. But Lance, I look so fanatical. I'll just look so crazy. 
I don't know, man. It's all how you communicate it, but I think, honestly, you'll just be more normal. See, remember when the Bible says that God, well, when you become a Christian, you know what the Bible says? He says he takes out of your chest, literally, he takes a heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, God takes, when I become a Christian, he takes a heart of stone and gives me a heart of flesh. You know what happens when you get saved? You don't become less human. You become more human. You become the person that God intended you to be. Now you can connect fully with God because your sin nature is being dealt with, right? It's, it's you. It's been paid for. Now you get to you cause it to, to, to quiet down. But the truth is, now you are who you, God created you to be. Walk it out. I love it. Now Paul goes on and he says this in chapter 21, or I'm sorry, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 21. It says, you yourselves are a case study of what, of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble at every chance you got. But now, by giving him completely, by, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. Verse 23, you don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in the bond of trust, constantly tuned in to the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There's no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets its same message, the same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. You can almost just see this passion just well up within his heart. He's like, guys, don't you see at one point you were lost? God, he paid the penalty for your sin. Now live it. I love Paul. I mean, imagine Paul's writing this from a Roman prison cell. He can't even get there. All he's doing is saying, I just want to put all the emphasis. I mean, I'll, get, I'll bet you if he had emojis, he would have put a few, right? He dropped a bunch of exclamation points. I'm telling you, he said a bunch of emphatic comments. And he said, listen, it's about Jesus. Get off. Maybe that's the reason why you're struggling so much with all the identity issues that we have. It's because you're so concerned about trying to find who you are instead of who he is. When you find out who he is, you'll discover who you are. Maybe we got it all backwards. We even want to say, well, who I am in Christ. <laughs> who Christ is, and you'll find out who you am. See, sometimes we get it all backwards, and we want to think like, Jesus, come on, I just want you to be part of my thing. Just sprinkle a little goody, gaudy stuff on me so that I can feel better. He doesn't want that. Jesus wants a relationship with you. I love this because I've read these two long passages of Scripture now three weeks in a row. And some of you are just like, wow, I didn't know I said that. You know why? Because his word is alive and living and breathing and stronger than, and, and sharper than any double-edged sword. I tell you what, you could read this every day for the rest of your life and God will continue to show you stuff. Hmm. Paul says four things here. In order for us to make, to make Jesus the main story of our life, Paul says, stay grounded in Christ, Remain steady in the bond of trust. Tune in consistently to the message of Christ and be careful not to be distracted or diverted. Last week I talked to you about trust and I said that trust by definition was this. Choosing to make something that you feel important vulnerable to the action of someone else. Trust. Choosing to make something that you feel is important vulnerable to the actions of someone else. We, we talked about trust, right? And trust was, was, was what happens. In other words, if you, if you really want to return to Jesus, one of the first things we need to do is return and rebuild the bond of trust. We spent a lot of time last week unpacking that. But just for a little review, I want you to remind you that trust is a muscle, right? I, I've been, one of the services, I can't remember which one I talked to, but I said this, trust is a muscle and so is mistrust. Trust and mistrust, they're both muscles. 
And the truth is muscles do, they either grow or they atrophy. Right? That's what muscles do. They grow or they atrophy. They don't stay the way that they, they don't just stay static. Muscles are either growing or they're shrinking, right? Here's my question for you. Which are you growing, trust or mistrust? Which muscle's bigger in your life? And then we read Proverbs and we say, listen, remember Solomon was talking and he says, listen, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Stop trying to figure it out. I love that. Paul begins to tell us why, or Solomon told his son and then Paul begins to reiterate to us, we've got to trust God. Why is that so important? It's so important because you can't have love without it. You can't have love without trust. And Paul says, listen, rebuild the bond of trust. Go back to trust. What does that mean? It means at some point you're going to have to exercise it and step out in it to grow it stronger. Now this morning I want to talk to you about the next thing, which was, which was to make Jesus the main story. We need to be tuned into the message of Jesus. What does it mean to be tuned into the message of Jesus? Remember, he said, stay grounded in the faith, rebuild the trust, and stay tuned into Jesus. I love the NLT says this. It says, don't drift away. The actual Greek says, don't be moved away from the truth that you once knew. Here he writes, be tuned in, stay tuned in, stay connected, uh, stay in line, stay connected to the message of Jesus. Listen to what Colossians 1.26 says. It says, this is that message that was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it's been revealed to his own holy people. For it pleased God to tell his people that the riches of his glory, Christ, are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret. Now Paul's going to unveil the secret. He's going to say, this is the message that I want you to hang on to and to live out loud. He says this, Christ lives in you and this is your assurance that he will share, you will share his glory. Some of your translations say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so important because some of us don't really believe that. We don't believe that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. I mean, if you did, if you, if you really, you know how secure you would feel? If you knew that Jesus Christ lives in you. That's what Paul's trying to say. He's like, you're caught up in all the things that are blocking the signal. Paul says, listen, get back to Jesus, the message Paul's whole message was go to Jesus. Hmm. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to perform for it. You just simply begin to believe and walk in it. It just sounds so crazy and easy. See, the problem is I think that some of us have been so distracted from the message. In fact, some of us have been so distracted from Jesus being who Jesus is in, in whatever it is that's causing your distraction, it's pulled you away. You don't want anyone to know. You've kind of been living your life kind of like, hey, I, I want people to think I'm a Christian, but I'm really not. I mentioned earlier, sometimes some of us feel a little bit dead on the inside. And I think some of us are kind of living that way. We kind of don't want anyone else to know. We're being a little distracted. And as a result of your distraction, you're getting diverted and off course. Remember, the devil doesn't want to doesn't want to take your life in one big false swoop. It's amazing. The devil actually wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But he wants to steal your life and kill you and destroy you one second, one small, one little bitty decision at a time. That's his plan. Because if he can destroy you over a long time, he can destroy a lot of people alongside of you. Get back to Jesus. Hmm. As I um kind of was talking about this connection with God thing. I've been thinking about our, our cell phones and how, uh, you know, when, I don't know about you, but it's like on the way to our house, we're learning all the new dead zones. You know, you know what dead zones are, right? 
dead, you're talking on the phone and then ah, nothing, right? Dead zones. You, you don't know, come on, nod, something, right? You get dead zones, you got them. And you ever get on a phone call and you're like, okay, I'm going to make this phone call. I got about three more minutes. I'm going to get in the dead zone and then it's going to cut off. And so you make the phone call you really don't want to be on. You're like, I don't know, cut off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> not really. Yeah. Uh, but, that <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, right? The dead zone. So, you know, I did a little research. I did my, my cell phone research. And I, I, I got three things that show up as to why cell phones break coverage. Why, why they, they lose reception. Here's three things that showed up. And there's probably more, but at least three. Three things that block the cell phone reception from your phone. Signal blocking obstacles, like concrete, walls, buildings, weather. Signal blocking obstacles, one. Outdated equipment, two. And destructive interference. Hmm. Signal blocking obstacles, outdated equipment, and destructive interference. Those are three things. Really, Google it, I'm telling you. Those are three things that that show up as to blocking your coverage. But but it got me thinking about our own spiritual lives and our connectedness to Jesus. (laughs) And I thought, this is exactly who we are. One of the things that keeps us from connecting with Jesus is simply that signal-blocking obstacles. Signal-blocking obstacles. You have those in your life, right? Signal-blocking obstacles. It's those, it, a signal-blocking obstacle is that thing that gets between you and Jesus. It's a signal-blocking obstacle. It just, it can't get, now the, now the signal from him is all the way strong and powerful. It's never stopped. But when you allow a signal-blocking obstacle to get between you and him, your coverage is kind of wacky. See, maybe that's wrong. We've allowed something, a signal-blocking obstacle to get in the way. Well, what's that? It could be a lot of things. Signal-blocking obstacle could be your, your super spiritual activity. It, it could be your um, perfectionism that you have to hang on to. You, it could be that unforgiveness issue that you're getting in the way. That signal-blocking obstacle is keeping things from you receiving the signal. Maybe it's that thing you think is a private sin, and it's just blocking not Jesus getting to you, but you receiving him. It's the signal-blocking obstacle. When I mean, you're running around in your life just trying to say, where's the signal, where's the signal? And Jesus is saying, listen, deal with the signal-blocking obstacle so you can hear me clearly. Some of us have signal-blocking obstacles rolling around in our life, and I could give you about a million examples, but I think you know. Signal-blocking obstacles. It's not stopping him from us. It's stopping us from receiving him. What is it? What is it in your life that's a signal-blocking obstacle? Uh, here we go, another one. By the way, let me tell you this. If the, enemy can block, if the enemy can't block your walk, you know what he'll do? He'll do whatever it takes to divert it. If he can't block you, then he'll do everything he can to try to get you off course some way. Number two, something that keeps us from connecting to Jesus. Not only a signal-blocking obstacle, but get this, outdated equipment and methods. Outdated equipment. I remember when uh, it was a while back. It was before 4G was out. 4G LTE. I remember it was like, I think it was like 1G or the E or whatever it was. And then it was like 2G and 3G. And I remember I had a flip phone. And I called, I called the, the operator or whoever was at the, the phone place. And I said, hey, listen, um, I want to know how come I don't get the fastest, you know, whatever, internet connection. And she goes, what kind of phone do you have? And I said, well, this particular phone is this flip phone. She said, well, that's pretty clear to me that... I said, what do you mean? She goes, the reason you're not getting a fast connection is because your phone is old and dumb. <laughs> old and dumb. I was like, wait a minute. She goes, that's blo- it's, it's not speeding it up because it's old and dumb. You're hanging on to that old and dumb phone. You need a smartphone, right? Old and dumb. The reason some of us can't connect to Jesus is because we're hanging on to stuff that's old and dumb. <laughs> 
old and dumb. You're hanging, you know, I say dumb, right? Because it's dumb. <laughs> Enough said. Isn't that weird? You understand that. That's, that's, a, that's like speaking in tongues. But I'm telling you, right? Old and dumb. What happens is, is we kind of hang, you know what we hang on to? We hang on to old methods. And we hang on to old systems. And we hang on to old hurts. And we hang on to old ways. And those things, they don't stop Jesus coming to you, but they stop you coming to him. Because you're hanging on to it so tight. You're like, I'm not going to let go of this thing. I'm not going to let go of this thing. Some of you come from other churches and you bring old and old ways that are the, the way that they were then. And you say, how come we don't do it like that? Because if we did it like that, then it would all be better. Some of us just get so hung up on that which was, well, old and dumb. And we hang on. And you know what it does? It affects your walk with Jesus. It affects how you communicate, how he's communicating with you. Because your old and dumb ability to hang on to that thing, right? It's hurting you. It's hurting you. It's slowing down your connection. <laughs> mm. Some of you have obstacles in your way. Some of you are using the wrong equipment. And number three. Number three. Like, it's interesting. Before I go on, old and dumb. Some of the things, it's interesting. Sometimes our, our old ways are thinking that what we have here on planet Earth and, and our reasons for hanging on to our hurts and pains and, and, and the way we do things is, is really the most important thing. I, I spent the uh, last, last couple of days, I got to go to the hospital and see some friends. There's a couple of friends that go to your church that were in the hospital, one for an emergency, one for uh, another surgery he had. And they're literally one floor apart at the hospital. Uh, I think they're going to be discharged here soon. But um, by the way, can we just stop and pray for them right now? Jesus, we just pray for these two guys. Pray for their families. Pray for their recoveries. Lord, we, we are amazed at how you show up in so many ways. But bring continued healing to John and Danny. God, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, God's, both of these guys are on the mend. They're both doing great. They're, they're both growing and healthy. And there's one thing that's consistent between these two guys. That was yesterday. I go in there and I'm, I'm, I show up at the hospital to one of their rooms. And I, I said, how you doing, man? And he goes, I'm good. And I said, you're good. He goes, Lance, it's real. And I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, no, no, it's real. I, I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, this whole Jesus God thing is real. And I was like, yeah. He goes, I'm telling you, why do we, why do we put it on the back burner? That's the most important thing. He said, I, I, I talked to the people around me, and they asked me, what can I do to help you out? And he says, get no Jesus. And I was like, wow, that a boy. And he's like, you know what's the most important thing? And I, and I said, isn't it amazing how something like this brings us to this point where that's the most important thing? He's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. What did it take me this long for? Went to the next floor and talked to the other guy. Here's what he said. It's real. I go, what? He goes, holy cow, it's real. I said, what's real? He goes, this walk with God thing. What in the world are we doing playing around? I mean, these two guys, and I was like, these two guys, I can't wait. I'm going to have them both preach in a couple weeks. But, but as the, these two guys, you know what happened is these both guys can, were confronted with the reality of like life. Is that what it's going to take? Is that what it's going to take? A big brick wall right in front of us before we finally say, it's real. <laughs> I'm here to tell you today, let me be the brick wall. <laughs> it's real. And what happens is we're hanging on to some old and dumb communication. And we're hanging on to it saying, no, this is the most important thing. This is the thing that has to happen in my life. These are the things that I'm going to hold on to. And God's saying, those are, stop it. Because here's what both of those guys told me. None of the things that were really bugging me mattered. I said, here's the funny thing. I said to one of them, I said, you know what? You haven't one time talked to me because I was in there, but their room's about 20 minutes apiece. Each one of them, I said, you didn't tell me about your mortgage payment. You didn't even tell me about how your car is obsolete and you need to get a new one. 
You didn't tell me anything of the things that were concerning you just, well, I don't know, a day ago. They're like, no, man, well, most important, my kids, my family, and Jesus. I was like, that's awesome. Hmm. Some of us are hanging on to old things, and it's getting in the way of your communication with God. Number three, things that keep us from connecting to God. Not only signal-blocking obstacles, updating your equipment, but destructive interference. Destructive interference. What is that? Destructive interference is that interference that happens of signals that are all around vying for the same, the same bandwidth that your phone is supposed to be on. It just happens, right? It gets all fuzzy. Some of you have these competing things, these destructive interference that shows up. Destructive interference, it's, it's the opposite of constructive interference. It's this idea, destructive, where it's just, it's off. It's really crazy. It's not, it's not the same thing. It's just crazy. It's off. It's confusing. And some of you are hanging on to destructive interference. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about the untrue things in the world. You're hanging on to things that are, that, that, that are, that are not true. Some of you are like, well, you know, we, we say things in our culture like, you know what? Um, if it feels right, do it. You know, um, go with your heart. You know what? Follow your passions. Whatever you do, just go ahead and if it feels right, it is right. Don't let anyone tell you different. And we see these kinds of things, and, and, and the longer we hear them, the more like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll write it on the graduation card. <laughs> well, we say these things, right? And we actually, can I tell you this? Those kind of things become destructive because they're not true. There is only one, come on, they're not true, I promise you. Follow your passions and dreams. Listen, fo- because let me tell you this, your passions and dreams oftentimes will take us off course. You follow Jesus, and in the midst of Jesus, he'll give you passions and dreams. I'm telling you, because what happens is we live in a culture that decides what's true today and not true tomorrow. We live in a culture that says, hey, this is acceptable today, but not tomorrow, or it is tomorrow, but not today. There's got to be absolute truth somewhere. There's got to be some place where we can find truth and hang on to truth, and it doesn't move kind of truth. That's clear. The problem is, is most of us don't know what the pure communication really is. We haven't spent enough time with Jesus to know what's true and what's not true. We haven't spent enough time in his word to know what he really says and what he doesn't say. Sometimes we'll hear something and we're like, that sounds like a great idea. The problem is, is it's absolutely contrary to how God operates. Completely contrary to what it is that God says. But you might not even know what God says. We have this destructive interference that gets in the way and we hang on to it as if it's the thing that it's supposed to be. And then we get mad at the rest of the church because they're, well, inflexible and they don't really understand. At some point, we have to go back to what's true and right and believe what God says. Church, let me tell you this. I believe that I get to stand before God and tell you, and stand before God and give an account for him, me telling you this. You've got to get to Jesus by reading his word and spending time with him in prayer. You've got to. Because you'll never know what true communication is until you get to that. Because the devil's always trying to give destructive interference in your life. He's, he's always telling you, you'll never be enough. You'll always be a mess. You, you can, all the things that he just shoots at you, but you'll never know how to fight it because you don't know what to fight it with. Uh, you know, you have those things that sneak up on you, those things that are from the past, those things are whatever mistakes you've made, all those things they come and shoot at you in at the most inopportune moments usually. But do you have any truth to fight that off with? 
I'm a new creation in Christ. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I, I, I have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, do you have anything that can hold that off? Or do we just kind of just keep on taking it and then we back off and our communication with God just gets blurry? That's the typical Christian. My challenge for you is this. Tune it up. Spend time reading your Bible. If you don't know how, man, find somebody and say, here's what I always tell people. If you want to know how to read your Bible, find somebody that reads theirs longer and better than you do and ask them how to do it. Just ask them, how do I do it? I want to know how to grow in Christ. You want to become a disciple? Become a disciple. Find someone who will show you how to walk it out. You want to, be, you want to have a good marriage? Find somebody with a good marriage and ask them how they're doing it. At some point, we have to remove the destructive interference from our life. At some point, we have to turn the TV off of that channel. At some point, we have to stop clicking on that website. The destructive interference is messing with your walk. At some point, we have to get out of that relationship with that person that's inappropriate. At some point, we have to stop and say, that group of friends is not helping me. That destructive information is just messing with your walk with God, and you think it's not a big deal. Eh, God's grace. I believe with all my heart that, guys, God's bringing us back to the place where we find Jesus. And some of our signals have been a little well fuzzy and blurry. And we're allowing destructive interference to get in the way. We're allowing obstacles to stand between us and God. We're allowing old equipment, to, the old ways of doing things, old patterns, old, old issues just to stand. And all of those things are holding us back from a, a communication that God has with us. Here's my question for you. When are you going to get rid of that stuff? And say, Jesus, I just want a clear signal with you. Maybe that's today. Maybe today's this moment when you're saying, God, I just want to get right with you. Hmm. Maybe that's why God brought you to church today. He brought you to church today to tell you this. Listen, I, I, I want you to get it, the signal right because there's things, blocking, there's things blocking my signal to you. Your equipment you're using is not helping the interference that's destructive around you, you're hanging on to that, and it's getting loud, so loud you can't hear me. And he's saying, listen, I brought you to church today so that you can get that resolved. So let's do some business. Can we pray? Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that you don't just leave us to fend for ourselves. God, thank you that you just didn't start the spiritual ball of rolling and then just dip out in hopes that we just do our best to figure it out. God, I'm thankful that you love us so much that you would bring us to the point of, of looking in your word and like Paul says, get back to you. Lord, every one of us is susceptible to any of these, uh, these silly cell phone examples. Lord, any one of us is susceptible to having something in our life that's signal-blocking obstacle. Uh, most of us have something in our life that we're hanging on to that's outdated and it's not helping. Lord, and most of us also have this destructive interference that we're toying with and thinking it's nothing. Whatever it is right now, just between you and God, if you want this morning to have the clear communication, ask him to forgive you. Right now, just say, Jesus, will you forgive me for that thing I'm putting between you and me? Just forgive me, God. Lord, forgive me for hanging on to old things and my old equipment just seems to be, it's what I thought was right and it's not helping. God, forgive me. Go ahead, just you and him. Or maybe you're allowing destructive interference in your life and that thing's getting in the way. Just right now, Jesus, will you forgive me? 
Lord, I want a clear communication with you. Lord, I want to be able to hear your voice and to follow it and to walk away knowing that I'm hearing you all day and that I wouldn't just be a, a, a school teacher who happens to be a Christian. I would be a Christian school teacher. I wouldn't just happen to be somebody who's working on the side of the road. As some, you know what I'm talking about, God. You, I want to be somebody who walks in you all the time. So, Father, I pray today that you would help your church grow up in you. Thank you for giving us a word like this today. Fill us with courage to walk it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.